Hi, this is the third in my video blogs for you life group leaders and we're now going to look at engaging truth which is the second of the three priorities for us as life group leaders at King's Church and my visual aid for this one is uh, a piece of velcro which I found in my wife's sewing box and um, there we are, a piece of velcro, proof you'll see why perhaps in a minute but I want to look at two things here under the why section why is engaging truth so important? Firstly, why is a sermon-based approach really important? I want to explain that. And why is the, getting the Bible out and engaging with the Bible so important in life groups? So let's look at this sermon-based idea first. Here's a quote from a guy called Larry, Larry Osborne, who wrote Sticky Church, hence the Velcro, uh, who's influenced me quite somewhat. He says that the ultimate goal of a sermon-based life group is simply to Velcro people to two things. Two things that they will need most when they're faced with a need to know or a need to grow situation. There are a couple of his um, phrases. And these two things are them. One, the Bible, and two, other Christians. We all need to stick to those two things in the nitty gritty of life. So sermon-based uh, life groups ensure that we're all trained to have the Bible at hand and to use the truth. The Bible's big, I haven't got one here, but we know it's big, it's complex at times, and actually we need other people to make sense of it. Wise counsel, a warm hug, even a swift kick up the rear are hard to self-administer. The Bible can do it, but sometimes another individual has to help make that uh, a reality. So here's three reasons. Firstly, I think a sermon-based review in Life Group helps to actually enhance or maximise the impact of preaching. As preachers, we're working hard. You may think we need to work even harder. But we like to use attention grabbers, illustrations, personal stories, props, PowerPoint, have a good structure, all with the aim of trying to communicate truth. But nothing will beat small group discussion to maximise the impact of preaching. We find this on the Alpha because we get feedback on Alpha so we know it's true. If we ask for feedback on a Sunday we'd find the same thing. It's, it's the discussion groups that people love. However good you think your talk is Alpha, it's the discussion group where it comes to life and means something for people. It can even turn, I think, a poorly delivered preach into something that is life changing because it's based on truth. I think it has some spin-off benefits. I think it will help increase people's attentiveness on Sunday. I think it's going to increase note-taking. I want to see more note-taking on a Sunday. I think it helps uh, enhance the discussion you have at Life Group. It makes it more spirited. It helps as well for us as a church just to stay focused on the same thing and heading in the same direction. And I think if every life group was very different, then we'd lose something of that benefit. I think also people therefore are more likely to catch up on the podcast with the weeks they've missed. And the reality is many people only come on average every fortnight or even less often on a Sunday morning. So the, the more they can engage with the material and what's preached at other times, the better. I think having it as part of the life group structure can help that. I think also it just will generally help people become 
more familiar with biblical truths and principles. Maybe people are used to being inspired, but there's nothing like a familiarity to really help the Bible come alive for us. So that's number one. Number two, I think this approach will help to make life groups more accessible. You can imagine a, a mixed group of new, or maybe less mature, or at least less knowledgeable Christians, together with others who are very knowledgeable or mature in their faith. How do we help discussion in that context? Well, if it's based on what we've all heard together on a Sunday morning, it gives somehow an equitable kind of basis for the group. It, it allows everybody to get involved with an equal level of contribution. Uh, people, I think, are all already going to be coming prepared to the group because they heard the same thing. If they've done any other preparation of looking through some questions or grappling with stuff on their own beforehand, again, it's just going to enhance the preparation and it's going to help people contribute and, um, and take something wherever they're at from the group night. I think it's very hard if we go into a brand new subject on a Tuesday night to bring everybody with you on that one occasion. People often need a bit more uh, preparation before they can contribute. And the third reason, it makes it, I think, easier for us to find and to raise up new life group leaders. And finding new life group leaders can be notoriously difficult, and it's not just locally. I, I know other church leaders find it a challenge. And we want to remove unnecessary, cha unnecessary challenges from that. Life group leading shouldn't feel like a job for life, and it shouldn't feel overly onerous in preparation. I want to remove as much preparation time as possible so that you can lead in the fullness of that uh, kind of role, really. You won't want to be a life group leader forever, and we don't want to force you to be one, and... We don't want the number of group leaders we've got or the number of burnt-out group leaders we've got to be a limiting factor to growth as God brings it um, in the church. And I think a, a sermon-based approach does make leadership of groups more attractive, more manageable and more accessible to more relevant people. It lowers the bar appropriately of the level of leadership qualifications required for life group leading. Because we don't want the criteria to be, you have to have a lot of biblical knowledge, you have to have a level of teaching gift, you have to have significant spare time. It removes that uh, kind of level really, something a bit more appropriate. Yes, facilitation skills and group skills are, are helpful, uh, of course, a growing relationship with God is important and a heart for other people and a warmth for gathering them, I think, are, are more likely to be the criteria we can then aim for and achieve. Now, you may be very able and very uh, prepared uh, and open to organising and delivering your own programme of Bible studies and notes, uh, etc. That may be great, but I'd encourage you with me to consider the bigger picture. Uh, the bigger picture of us moving together as a church in one direction, and the bigger picture in terms of leadership development. And your leadership development may be around the art of delegation and raising new leaders and helping me to identify them and prepare them for taking on either your group in time or a group from you or another group that needs a leader. So 
I'd encourage you to look at it that way. So the second thing I want to look at at this session is reading the Bible. It's my firm conviction that the Bible is integral to our spiritual growth. If you like, I see it as the hub of Christian discipleship. And all other spiritual disciplines kind of radiate from it. I think reading and studying the Word of God or listening to it has the biggest impact on our spiritual growth and our fruitfulness than anything else. Yes, of course, prayer, worship, everything else is important, but I think reading the Bible is at the hub. I can uh, quote a couple of people that might agree with me, but I'm sure there'll be others who would disagree. But Jack Deere, who's not only a man of the word, but is a very charismatic person, a gifted prophet, he said that the most common way the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus and speaks to us today is through the Bible. So yes, we like the Holy Spirit's kind of breadth of activity, and we want to be surprised by God's voice, but it's in the Bible where we find he speaks to us still the most. Uh, another quote, Donald Whitney in Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life said, No spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. A couple of surveys for you. A survey in 1980 for Christianity Today concluded that regular Bible reading had the biggest influence on shaping a person's character and their behaviour and in making them more like Jesus. That was the conclusion of their survey. A more recent survey by the Evangelical Alliance amongst Evangelical Christians found that 88% of us agree it's important for every Christian to read or study the Bible on a daily basis. But that in practice, only half, 50%, say that they do. And actually, I imagine that's an optimistic figure because I think the Evangelical Alliance sampled from a self-selected panel of people visiting their website or people perhaps who subscribe or, or, or are members of their organisation. So I think that might just skew it towards a more positive end of the estimate. My encouragement is that you start the kind of sermon-based review by reading the relevant passage of scripture or that quite early on you use some of the other passages that we've suggested to be read out loud together. Four quick reasons for this. It may just be the only time that week that someone or some people in your group have read the Bible. It may just be that. Number two, it may just prompt them to do it some more. Number three, it just emphasises that we're reading and we're studying and learning from the Bible, not the sermon. We're engaging with truth, we're not reviewing someone's preaching ability. And finally, I think it does encourage a good habit of people always having a Bible to hand, or the electronic version of it, this day and age. I think people should have that on a Sunday morning at Life Group, almost wherever they are in life, having the Bible to hand as the sword of the Spirit in kind of in position for daily life. So there you go. There's why I think engaging the truth is an important component of life groups and in the next session we'll look at how to make that come alive. Thank you.